Good morning and welcome to Tea Time. We are back with a new week. That's right. We're back on a new full week of three new guests, three new stories, three new strong TEAs. That's right. We serve strong tea in this house. You do not have to drink tea. You do not have to drink uh, the beverage. We are not serving a beverage. We are serving personal stories, personal overcoming personal businesses, organizations, stories, books, all of that good stuff on Tea Time with Miss Liz. That's how we spill tea in this house. And I have an incredible, beautiful woman, a survivor, and we're going to be talking about a lot of things this morning. So grab your tea, grab your coffee, grab your beverage of choice, eat your breakfast. Don't forget your breakfast. It is the morning show. So grab your breakfast, tune in and share, 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 share this tea time. If you know somebody that it will resonate with, share it away. Miss Liz is happy to see those tea times getting shared. So we're going to get the disclaimer going. We're going to get a little bit of bio of the incredible Monique. And then we're going to get Monique in here and she's going to spill you a good strong cup of tea this morning because that's how we do it. So let's get rolling. The disclaimer for Miss Liz's tea time live shows. Miss Liz myself is going live using StreamYard. Before leaving a comment, please grant StreamYard permission to see your name at StreamYard.com. Please be advised that the content brought forward for any tea time show hosted by myself, Miss Liz, is always brought forward in good faith. However, may bring forward dialogues and opinions that are not representative of my platform. The facts and information are perceived to be accurate at the giving time of airing. All Tea Time guests and audience participants are responsible for using their good judgment and taking any action that may relate to the discussion. The content brought forward may include discussions for some where they may be emotionally at risk. It is significant to know that the show is engaging in discussion forms only to offer and inspire awareness and connection and is not providing therapeutical advice. If you have any questions about the disclaimer or the panelist discussion, you may freely contact me, Miss Liz, through my email at bookingmissliz at gmail.com. Moving forward, should you choose to voluntarily participate in today's show in any aspect, I myself, Miss Liz, welcomes you. And should you decide that the show is not made for you at this time, I respect that and I will see you at a later show at a later date and time. 
And again, all tea times are done on Thursday this year in 2023, unless it is a rescheduled tea time and then it is Monday or Tuesday. Now, a little bit about this incredible guest who's sitting in the back of the studio here, and we're going to get her to pop up and we're going to get her to pour a good TEA this morning. Monique J. Mahama is a BS, a B, a Paralegal Studies, MS Accounting, 2016-2022 IRS Annual Filing Se Season Preparer, Certified Life Coach, Entrepreneur, Life Texas co Cosmetologist, talk show and podcast host. so it should be good this morning we have podcast hosts so, so we we can bounce off of each other and we can really just build good strong team so monique j muhammad aka monique j ceo is a single mother of three young young women biologically and uh and adopted she is the founder of a 501 nonprofit organization co-pink productions industry an 18-year breast cancer survivor and has been the ceo of the one nine group industry uh, a professional of financial service income tax preparation business for over 25 years she is a former cosmetology cosmetologist salon a salon owner there goes my french and is a retired high school educator coach for over 15 years monique j is currently the ceo of platinum cbd brand 60 66 life essential corporation the current talk show host of the YouTube channel, Monique J, and the podcast weekly Wind Down with Monique J. Monique J is a life coach, motivational speaker with an expertise in overcoming adversity in your thoughts and finances to achieve personal happiness and success. Monique was named one of 10 Plano Magazine's Boss Girl for 2020. She was named as the change maker for 2020 from Blue Skies Talk Show talk nonprofit organization and it goes on and on and on so check it out on miss liz's facebook page this woman is incredible we're going to get her in we're going to spill a good song cup of tea so i'm going to get monique in here and i'm going to sip on some tea and just take a little break <laughs> so <laughs> welcome monique it hey. is awesome to have you here so i'm going to get you to share a little bit on who is monique as a little girl and a grown woman today well, first of all, good morning, Miss Liz, and thanks for having me. Mm -hmm. um, who is Monique J? Um, well, originally, um, I am. My name is Monique, and my middle, my middle initial is J, so I just kind of put a little twist to it. Um, I was um, born and raised on the south south side of Chicago. I'm raised by a, a single parent, my mom, um, of whom I was her only child. Uh, we. My mom was a very, you know, educated woman, um, but just came from, you know, parents uh, with well, her mom passing away when she was young and then not living, uh, really growing up with her biological dad. Um, and so in that, with her uh, being about education and still, you know, having the tenacity to push herself forward, she moved to Chicago when she was 12. And then eventually, um, after attending college and, and marrying uh, my dad, uh, she uh, had me and, uh, you know, and unfortunately, you know, my dad didn't stay around. Uh, so she ended up, uh, you know, basically raising me by myself, I mean, by herself, along with, you know, we had a big village, you know, of persons that would come in and help support her uh, to, you know, either watching me or just motivating me to continue forward as we, you know, she was growing up, I was growing up in poverty. It worked. 
Um, I have always uh, valued my mom and the people in the village that she put in my life, which were uh, people who were entrepreneurs, uh, just go-getters, um, history makers uh, were the people that she had kind of introduced me to young. And so it kind of shaped like how I thought and what what I believed in myself um, was possible. Um, they never shortchanged or sugarcoated anything for me. Um, made me work for everything uh, that I got. And uh, I think at 12, I started my first business. Um, and that was going and my, my godfather uh, so had ice cream, an ice cream truck, and he would allow me to work on it with him in the summertime. And it wasn't the kind that, um, you know, what plays the bells and the music, it was the kind that delivered to stores. So I would ask him, if I could take like two boxes of the ice cream once we leave the truck for the day, which were about 24 bars a piece in the truck in the box. And he said yes. And I would start selling the ice cream um, out of my home for lower than the ice cream truck in, <laughs> in order to, you know, earn money. Because like I said, my mom was working probably two jobs at the time and going to school to pay for me to go to private school. And so that's where most of her money was going was on mortgage and education. So for me, I had to earn and I had no problem doing it. I would cut grass. I would shovel snow in the winter um, and just kind of just continue to push through. Did well in school always. So I was a little mischievous. I stayed in trouble, <laughs> but my grades were always uh, on point and I did well. And I was uh, an athlete. I ran track. And I played girls basketball and uh, I also sang in the choir. Uh, I, my, my dad is, was a professional singer. Um, so it's a gift uh, that I was just, you know, naturally blessed with. Uh, use those tools, use those gifts, that education and those sports to uh, secure me a, um, a partial scholarship to college running track um, at Southern Illinois University in Carbondale, Illinois. Uh, went there for four years, graduated uh, with a bachelor's degree in paralegal studies. Uh, my goal had always been to uh, be an attorney. And so I was like, you know, I wanted to major in something that had a little bit of a law, uh, you know, back background. So did that. Things didn't work out uh, as I planned <laughs> when I graduated. Um, the workforce or the salary for paralegals just wasn't something that I was willing to take. I wasn't able at the time to go directly to law school just due to financial reasons and not being able to, you know, take off and not work. So I found myself, uh, my, my best friend's mom was a principal at a uh, elementary school in Chicago. And she was like, well, you know, since you have your degree, you can substitute teachers. And I was thinking, you know, because I had so much problems with uh, teachers and stuff in school, just being mischievous that I didn't ever think that I would want to work in the school or even be bothered with uh, children. But being only um, 21, 22 at the time, it was the best time for me because I was not so um, much older than those students that she put me with, which were like 12 years old. But I was young enough to understand them and old enough to influence them, which once I got in that opportunity, I realized like that's what I had been missing. I just didn't really have anyone when I was in school that I felt like understood me. And so it kind of changed the trajectory 
of what I believed I wanted to do. I fell in love with the students. I fell in love with the ability to understand them, to resident, you know, to have my story kind of match theirs and for them to be able to see that it's not where you start. It's just how you finish and, and, and how hard you work to determine where you can go. Um, and so I ended up enrolling back in school to get my uh, teacher certification uh, and left that school after about two years um, and then went into high school and actually went into the high school that I graduated from. So that made things a lot easier. I was a substitute teacher, disciplinarian, um, as I worked on um, getting my uh, teacher certification. And then I also became the track, uh, track and basketball coach at that school. Um, changed my life, changed my mission, um, kind of defined my life. Like I, I really realized that I think it, uh, it was a gift of mine and my passion to be able to share, um, be empathetic and um, inspire young people. We could be old people, just anybody to understand that you can truthfully overcome adversity, any adversity um, that you're faced with. As long as you just, uh, for me, trust God, work hard, and um, just always believe in yourself and definitely work, work very, very hard to allow or make your environment speak to the energy that you want to have and that you carry and then the place that you want to go. And yeah, I mean, so, of course, as you read, um, with working with the students, um, I realized how much I loved it. So I became a foster parent um, at the age of 28. And I didn't have any biological children at the time. I had two, um, I was skipping two young girls. They were nine and 11 at the time, which was like 1998. Um, and then, you know, it went along. Of course, it was a few went in and out of the home, but these two stayed with me. Um, and then when they were 15, no, when they were 14 and 16, um, I was told that I had some, some health issues and that if I if I wanted to, um, you know, have children, I was going to need to get on it then. And I was like uh, 30 years old at the time. Um, and so I ended up, you know, getting pregnant and was told that I was going to miscarry um, due to having extremely large fibroids at the time. And that was told to me when I was about four months pregnant. I was like, uh, no, this is a plan. I want this one child. I already knew I was only going to have one child. <laughs> well, my plan to only have one. Um, and so I just looked into natural ways to to shrink the fibroids, found a way to do that, um, did not miscarry, had my daughter um, at and when I was nine months, um, and she was seven pounds, 13 ounces healthy. Uh, and so I had her and my two um, adopted daughters at that time. And then a year later, when she was one, had just turned one, uh, myself, and my mom was diagnosed with, I was diagnosed with breast cancer and uh, my mom was diagnosed with colon cancer a week apart. Uh, I was solely an entrepreneur at the time as a cosmetologist and um, doing um, income tax preparation. So, you know, here's the tenacity, the work hard, push through, uh, because I didn't have a job that I could get sick pay from or disability from. Um, so I, you know, grace of God, uh, was able to get support and help from my mother while she was going through her chemo and do what I could at the time. But um, and then just continue to work 
Um, as I got chemo, uh, worked, I scheduled it to, to match where I would be able to work and if I was sick, where it wouldn't, I would be able to be home um, during the periods I was sick. So I uh, got chemo. We both got radiation um, and was raising those three girls. And, you know, grace of God, a year later, I met myself and my mom were told that our cancers were in remission. And um, from there, of course, now that gives me another mission in life, which is to uh, help and work and inspire persons who are going through health issues, especially cancer, especially young women, because, you know, we're kind of told to not get mammograms until you're 40. I was diagnosed with breast cancer at 32. So now, you know, I feel like I have this mission um, for one, to teach others about that, but also just to show people in the way in which I uh, dealt with as I was fighting cancer. If you talk to anybody who met me during that time, they probably energy wise and spirit wise, they probably would never tell you or that they knew I had cancer outside of I just didn't have no hair <laughs> all over my body or anything. But I was just determined. I knew that God didn't bless me with this child that they said wasn't going to make it to take me away from her in a year. I felt like I had so many um, things left to do in life. Um, and I just approached every day as I dealt with that, that I knew this was not the end and that God was not going to put more on me um, than I, I could bear. And and I had, my cancer had spread. It had metastasized. It, it was at a, you know, a stage two, but it had spread. So it wasn't just like now, of course, not that it's easier, but medicine has advanced. Uh, research has advanced so much. So you catch things earlier, um, especially at stage one or even stage two, you know, they kind of have a plan where they know, you know, oh, well, we're going to be able to, you know, probably take care of this depending on um, the type of breast cancer. So, um, you know, but from there, my mom, the same thing, uh, her cancer was in remission. Uh, we started and that's what made me start Cold Pink Productions um, and the work that it did and, and does. And the work is kind of, if you just heard my story, the work fits into my story. It fits into the mentoring um, youth because it, without that, I wouldn't be who I was with my village. Uh, the support of cancer um, and, and people going through health issues, the support of small business and entrepreneurialism, um, you know, and then the mentoring, like I said, the mentoring of youth and serving those who may be underserved and not have a home and things like that. Like I said, my, it would be forever, but I've been through every uh, part or facet of what we do. And I still just believe and I still work hard every day to be an inspiration for myself, uh, to be an inspiration to my daughter, who now I must, I have to say this on Saturday, that daughter um, that they told me I might not uh, be here for, or she might not make it. Saturday, she graduated uh, from college um, with her bachelor's degree uh, in chemistry. And so now we have a small little family. It's my mom, then it's me, then it's her, but she is keeping on the tradition of, you know, education. And then that lay beauty that you've seen, that's actually uh, her business that I am a partner with her in. So she's in entrepreneurialism as well. And I'm going to stop and let you ask questions now. <laughs> no. And this is what I, I, I want all the listeners and viewers that watch uh, tea time. If you watch now or you watch the replay, the guests have to have a moment where they can share their stories. And Miss Liz just sits back and enjoys the tea because they serve a strong tea. Monique, you're a true inspiration. Your story is truly inspiring. 
you know, you found ways of showing doctors in that, like, no, I'm going to prove you wrong. You know, your daughter graduated, like, you know, a child that wasn't, you know, that you were supposed to miscarry at four months old. And look at, she's graduated college. Like, that's something to celebrate. Yes. As a mommy, I'm like, oh, my goodness. That is so, <laughs> because as you were sharing, I was like, oh, she lost a child, too. And then all of a sudden you said, no, I didn't lose her. And I was like, yes, you yes. know, you proved them wrong. And that's what I, I, I really want everyone out there to understand that. Just because you're told something doesn't mean it has to happen that way. You go out and you advocate for yourself. You heal yourself. You find ways and solutions. And Monique, I'm going to get emotional because that is truly inspiring. Thank you. It is truly empowering to know that you showed them wrong. You mm -hmm. proved them wrong. And you were diagnosed at the age of 32. And like you said, they only say do your mammogram at 40. If you know your body is off, you push it and you say no. Look at I want it done now. It's my body and I want to know if I'm okay or not. Yes. You know, uh, mm -hmm. really, really, truly inspiring. I did not know because of the bio that I was sent. I, and I go over these bios a couple of times because these mm -hmm. guys send me their bios like months ahead of time. And I was looking through your bio just the other night and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's Cole Pink, Cole Pink. It's like hitting me in the head. It's like Miss Liz, no. She's got a lot of stuff, but you really need to focus on the coping because we need to get that awareness out there. Yes. Early detection, early prevention. Let's go with the prevention programs and prevention of our bodies before the aftercare, before it's too late. You know, so I, that's where I, I went with your tea time. I was just like, no, nope, we're going, we're going in this way. I wanted to go this way with the life coaching and, and, <laughs> right. and I was like, nope, nope. We're going this way. We're doing this. We're doing different, you know, uh, and we need to be able to do that. We need to sometimes, you know, reroute, you know, shift, take that, yeah. take that, that bend in the road that, you know, that you're not even sure where you're going, but you're just going to go that way, you know? Um, but no, it is truly inspiring. Your story, your life is truly inspiring. And do you feel that because you had to work so hard as a little kid, like you, they didn't sugarcoat it with you. They were like, you got to work for it if you want it. Do you think that that has helped you be the woman that you are today? Uh, most definitely. Uh, when I meet, when I talk to friends or if I talk to people and, and, and they're like telling me what their goals or dreams are as far, especially with possibly starting a business or whatever. And I'm kind of like, okay, well, we can just do it tomorrow. Let's get in there. Kind of like, huh? You know, and I know, <laughs> that that's just because that's all I've seen. That's all I've been taught. I, you know, is that start something, you know, um, actually I have a coach, uh, her name is Angel, Angel Tussie. And she always has said, done is better than none. Right. And I never thought that that was the model that I would move, that I moved in, but it's basically like, you cannot ever accomplish something that you don't get started, you know, uh, you can you can work to perfect it along the way. Perfection doesn't exist. But if you are striving for that, <clears throat> excuse me, you can work and perfect it along the way. But to sit and wait to go after your dreams or fulfill your dreams or your goals until it looks perfect on paper or until you have the perfect amount of money or until you have the perfect people in your life, you know, you may mess around and never reach your, your goals or go after them. And then that fulfillment of just getting it started. Uh, it feels good. So I know that growing up with these people, um, like my 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 um, uncle, play uncle was like the founder of the first black owned bank in Chicago, uh, Bowling Alley's owner, um, 
first million through real estate. And so he was one of the people who always poured into me, uh, gave me opportunity, but never gave me anything, you know, and so and just telling me and being firm about you know, what is possible for me as a little black girl growing up on the south side of Chicago. My mom, entrepreneur, um, came from nothing without really any um, on, you know, and developed to a point where she could show me how to take the baton and move forward from where she. I just have always had people in my life that made me believe anything that I've worked for was uh, possible. And so now, yes, it definitely um, has has determined who I became and who I am and how I uh, approach life every day. Uh, I have to say this is funny because my daughter um, is home and she brought a friend of hers and the friend spent like two days with me. And so through that time, I like helped her with some stuff for school. Then she saw me doing this and saw me help another friend this and that. So then she comes, they come home yesterday and then she sees me outside doing the yard. And she said, oh my God, she stays busy. What does she not do? And I told her then I said, anything I love to do is what I do. And you seeing me over this time and it's only 24 hours in a day. But it's up to you what you do with those 24 hours. You definitely have to sleep. Yep. And you definitely have to take time away for self-care. You know, not you won't get anything that you don't go after. Long story short. Well, and I and I love that you have a coach because it's really important. All role models and all the leaders have coaches and mentors. You know, we don't do this alone. We don't just come and say, hey, we got this program. We got this. We got that. Mm -hmm. We got this business. We have other people that are teaching us as well because mm -hmm. we have to be able to be taught. You know, if you think you know everything, then you're not going to really be a good leader. You're going to just be a dictator. You yeah. know, there's a big difference. And this is why I have guests like you, Monique, on the show, because I want people to understand that we have people that push us too. And yes. say, you know what, if you don't do it, it's not going to get done. You're just going to talk about it. It's not going to get done. You know, you got to just do it. You just got to try. And if you fail, you fail. At least you tried. It's like you said, done is better than not done. You know, uh, you know, we need to be able to be the example. If we want different in the world and we want different in our families and our, in our children, we have to be that example as a mom and as a father, you know, and I'm really happy that your uncle was a role model for you because, you know, family members are important to us. They mm -hmm. teach us as well growing up. And mm -hmm. sometimes we don't always have the easy life, you know, like I'm glad that people were hard and, and didn't sugarcoat anything because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm the same way. I don't sugarcoat anything. Mm -hmm. Life is hard, but you're harder. Yeah. Work at it, you know, put your efforts into it and just spill your tea, like be strong. So I want to get into Monique's tea. Okay. If I ask you what your tea is this morning, what three words would you give me to give give your tea? Um, definitely tenacity. Uh, for the E, I would have to say empathy. And my A, adversity is my, um, yeah, my A. Now, do you want to share a little bit why you gave me those words? Um, tenacity, because... You know, of course, in the definition of the word, there is no way um, that I would have overcome any of the things that I've been through in life. Um, I don't think anybody will overcome any of the things that they are striving for uh, in life without tenacity. Uh, I use the E for empathy because I think it's still always very important to be a good person, 
to understand that um, there's always someone worse off than you and to show up in the world the way that you want the world to show up for you. And I don't think that that's possible without empathy. Um, I think that a lot of what's going on and how things are now in the world is because people are not empathetic and have the ability to um, see others as they would want to be seen. Um, and then A for adversity, um, I, it's definitely because of course, the, the experiences, the things that um, you go through in life may be adverse situations, um, but if you are, if you have the tenacity, if you have the faith and the work ethic, you can overcome any adverse situation. And that is in your thoughts, that is in your finances, that is in relationships. And so I think adversity is very, very important. And I, th I think when you just reading your bio and for the viewers and listeners that go out there and check out her bio, you'll see the adversity. You'll see the different changes that like you tried. You like you went all over the place. Like you went to accounting, you went to paralegal. You like you really opened the, the mind and said, you know what? I'm not going to try this. And then I'm going to try this and I'm going to try. And it's OK to try because we need to try. We need to say, oh, well, is that my really my cup of tea? Like, you know, or is that not my cup of tea? And if we don't try, we don't know, right? And we fail yes. and we're like, it's like you said it in your story when you were sharing, Monique, that you, for teachers, you were a rebel. Like you were you were like a little mischief. And look at you, you're a life coach and teaching others today. You just never know, right? It's right. like, oh, I didn't like school growing up. But now today as an adult, you know what? I'm in there and I want to I wanna know the students in that. And it's, I think back a couple generations, school, the school systems, the teachers were afraid to interact with their students because they felt that it was just, no, I got to go to school. I got to teach you and then go home mm -hmm. where now I feel in the newer generation, the teachers want to engage. They want to know what's going on with their students. They want to help, you know, uh, and I, and 20 years ago, there was a lot of stories of abuse and, and things that were going on in home that weren't shared because mm -hmm. the teachers were not involved. And, you know, and today there are teachers as are seeing the signs and saying, oh, this child might be going through something. They, that's why they might be pulling out of class. That's why they might not be in school. You mm -hmm. know, there's a lot of things that are going on at home that they weren't aware of. Mm -hmm. Or they maybe were aware of years ago, but they were taught to not involve themselves. Yes. Where now they're teaching teachers to get involved. Know your students. Why are they pulling away? Do they have autism? Do they have some form of learning disability? We mm -hmm. didn't speak about that 20 years ago. Today yeah. we are. Yes. So where do you see that now, Monique, as a, as a leader and as a coach? Well, I think it's very, very, very important. Me growing up in that generation where what happens in this house stays in this house. Um, don't, you know, your, your, your teacher's like you said, they taught you, but they really didn't want to because they were they were raised in that same mindset, like really delve too much into what, you know, um, you may have been going through. And I know that that's a, a big part of, you know, because I am I am a survivor of, you know, I've been molested, uh, physically abused, uh, which is the reason why my mom left my father because he was abusing a baby. <laughs> um, and so I have been in, you know, those circumstances that now I spoke on them. I told the adults in my life, but uh, as far as, you know, the people, my mom or my aunt or whatever, but like at school or any of that, nope, they, nobody knew. So, and that could have been a reason 
why I was so busy and, and mischievous and just wanted to stay active um, because maybe it allowed me to not think about experiences, you know, and why I did so many things and things like that. So that is, I definitely know um, something that is needed now, which is why when I uh, went into the education industry, why I believe I did well. Now, I didn't fare well a lot with people from that were older than me or from my generation, well, older than me, because of course they were used to the way that we were shown. So they didn't like me kind of the, the relationships that I was building with the students and even with the parents and, you know, the parents even loving the fact that they had someone in the school that was, you know, that they could trust and that was an advocate for their child as well as the parent. Uh, so I definitely know it's important. It's crazy now because yes, you're right. They are pushing them to be more involved. And now, you know, I feel like the parents aren't, um, pushing children to be as respectful uh, of of teachers and the staff there, and um, it's kind of like it's they're they're there to try to help, but now the kids don't you know don't want the help, or the parents aren't fostering the the children being respectful, uh, actually listening and 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 um, to their teachers or the staff or the administrators at the school. It's kind of just like a free fall now. So it's like now it's reversed. You know, now now they they have the, the, the kids that are going to be more rebellious that aren't going to uh, a lot of times respect authority and things like that, because it's kind of pushed now to not respect authority, because sometimes, of course, authority abuses the authority, you know, so it's just a crazy, crazy world that we um, are living in now. But that's why I said what I said about being, um, you know, empathetic and and having tenacity because we don't give up on yeah. being being the light in the world that you want to see. Well, and it's like you said, Monique, it's a reverse, right? Mm -hmm. So it, it seems like everything reverses, you know, it happens this way. And then centuries later or decades later, it changes this way. You know, there's no happy medium. There's no, okay, we're going to make a change. And I think we can make that change if we learn to balance ourselves and we yes. learn to balance the systems and the society and programming that is taught to us. You know, if we find that balance instead of dividing everyone. And this is what tea time is about. It's to bring people together. It's to bring change. It's to bring awareness that we can make a difference when we work together, mm -hmm. when we take the time to be empathetic, like you said, you know, understand that somebody might be going through something. And, you know, I, I, I was a child that myself, I'm a survivor of abuse. And in school, I pulled away because I was mad at everyone for not seeing that mm -hmm. I was being hurt. Like, how dare you not see that this quiet kid needs help? I'm quiet for a reason. Like, hello, wake up. Like, it's too quiet in my world. Let's, let's get some noise, you know. Yes. Um, but I want to get into the cold pink uh, with you. Uh, you gave me your favorite color as pink, which I understand now why the pink. <laughs> uh, but tell us a little bit more about why pink is important to you, Monique. Well, a couple reasons now, um, but definitely I, it became a color uh, for me that was important once I was battling breast cancer. Um, and then, of course, it's a it's a girl color. Uh, I am what I have coined as a pretty tomboy because I'd like to be, you know, fabulous. But I also like to play basketball, football, uh, cut the grass, um, things like that. So I, I think it's a color that you can put for girly and as well as, you know, it can, for me, it defines, you know, just the, it, I'm going to say adversity or just the ability to do different things. And then 
now um, I'm actually a member of a, of a sorority and that is one of our colors, uh, color of the sorority too. Uh, so it's just all pink, pink for, like I said, breast cancer girls. And then now that reason as well. And it's just a nice color. I like the word different. I love when my guests use the word different because Miss Liz does different. Everyone thinks when you come to tea time, oh, we're, we're sitting and having tea. Yeah, we're, we're serving a different cup of tea at this table. We're serving teaching educational awareness that everyone has a story. Everyone can make a difference when you truly believe in yourself and you mm -hmm. push the limits and you say, you know what? Nope. You're giving me this block. Well, you know what? I'm going to push that block or I'm going to go around that block. I'm going to take that bend in the road, you know, and I really want to thank you for sharing that you and your mom did this journey mm -hmm. together, because I think it's important that, you know, sometimes family members, things happen in life that we connect more and that. Do you feel that that helped you along the way with your battle? Yeah, most I, I know most definitely it did. Um, and the you know, just because of really knowing my mom's like story, like knowing that literally her mom passed when she was seven um, and she did not live with her father or, you know, her grandparents were already deceased, you know, um, during that time. And to see how she as a young girl uh, made it from Yazoo City, Mississippi up to Chicago, went to, you know, school, high school, then to college, uh, survived an abusive, you know, relationship. Um, and it's, for me, it just was like a no brainer. I think for her too, like, uh, a no brainer that if she could get through that, that I should as her child, you know, I didn't listen all the time, but I did, um, allow her life circumstance and her life experiences to, teach me and to prevent me from doing a lot of things that maybe, you know, I could have been doing at the age. Cause of course, as an only child with a mom working, you know, two jobs and going to school and then she bowled. So she loved to bowl. Um, I was at home a lot alone and I could have been doing a lot of things other than, you know, figuring out how to start an ice cream business or other than, you know, signing up for singing competitions, you know, things like that. I was just determined that her story and her experience was was not going to be in vain and um i was gonna make her proud uh as much as you know, i possibly you know could it was you know a little strange for us because of course for her everything i was doing was what she had kind of done and so a lot of the you know the praise i'd say and and, and stuff that the parents would give she didn't really give because she didn't get it. So in her mind, she's like, you're just doing what you're supposed to do. Um, but I think that also is what shaped uh, me to be so empathetic and to make sure that I always congratulate. And even the same thing with my daughter now, you know, just constantly saying how proud uh, of her I am and just letting her know that, you know, she pushed through, through the pandemic, through emotional, you know, situations and some mental health issues during that time. And you need to be, you know, praised for that. So, um, you know, because a lot of people didn't, you know, and it, even though for her, I'm sure looking back and looking at me and then looking at her grandmother's like, you know, oh, this is what else. Well, no, I mean, 
It could you could feel like it's what you're supposed to do, but you could have quit. You could have not trusted um, me. I could have not been there to support you the way that I needed to be um, to show you that, you know, it won't be in vain. And so most definitely um, I did neglect to say that of um, my mom ended up uh, passing away. Her cancer came back in um, 2009 and it uh, spread to her heart and then, I mean, I'm sorry, her lungs and then to her brain. Um, so in October of 2009, after I relocated, because I'm now in the uh, Dallas, Texas area, um, after I relocated, I'm sorry, uh, after I relocated, uh, you know, which it just made sense. Like I said, I'm her only child. Um, I was somewhere else. She moved here that June of 2009. I, I believe knowing that what the circumstances was and, and, you know, but didn't say anything, but she did um, pass with her child that she knew was going to take care of everything and then able to still be able to have those last days with her only, you know, biological granddaughter, which is a big reason why she fought as well, because she wanted to make sure that my daughter always remembered, you know, her. Well, I'm deeply sorry that you went past. Uh, you know, we need to share these stories. We need to get this awareness out there, you know, um, and an only child, you know, uh, so let's talk about Copink. Like, how does Copink work? Who can get involved? And let's keep the awareness going. And, you know, uh, Monique, you are an incredible woman. You are strong. You are beautiful. You you are an empowerment house. Don't you ever forget that. Thank I want you. you to know that. Thank that Thank you for coming to my table and making no, a difference. You. Thanks for um, having me. You know, some of my guests, they pull on my heart a lot. And this morning, you're really you are an incredible person and I am honored to have you here. Thank you. So I want to know more about Copink and how people can get involved and all that good stuff because you do have events as well with the Copink. Yes. Well, Copink Productions, like I said, it is a um, federal uh, nonprofit organization in the, in the States. Um, and like I said, we, we have several programs. Um, we have a Lend a Helping Hand program, which basically serves uh, the underserved of the community, low-income families, and youth programs. And then we have our Cold Pink Warriors uh, program, which is for those who have battled or, or survive, survive or currently battling cancer or any other major health issue. Our goal is to be there as a support, someone to talk to when needed, um, if we can do things financially or put them in contact with the persons and organizations that can help them um, during that time. But what I found is it's just very, very important to have a support group and a support system of people who understand what you're going through or have went, or, or have went through um, when you're battling something. And so that was kind of like our flagship because, of course, myself and my mother um, surviving cancer is what the whole birth of it. And so we have this flagship um, program or event that we call the Celebration of Life. Um, our first one was in 2004 when we were told that our cancer was in remission. I stayed at comedy shows at least three to four days a week. Laughter truly was medicine for me. Um, some of our biggest comedians now um, were not big then, uh, almost 20 years ago. And so they were friends of mine. They were at these shows, especially the ones from Chicago. Um, so I was like, I want to do an event. I want to, you know, celebrate. I want to have other people who may be battling to come to see that, hey, you know, it's just the way that you push through. 
I want to do the things that make us happy. Let's focus on life and not death. So we came and we were like, okay, we're going to ask the comics. I was like, would you come and perform? I love to sing. I have friends that sing. I was like, would you come and, hey, could your band come sing? I had people who love to cook. I was like, well, can you cook us dinner? And I found it a place, a venue that I used to go to all the time. I asked, could we do this event there? They were like, yeah. And so we threw this first annual uh, celebration of life in uh, May of 2004. And it was in um Calumet City, Illinois, which is a suburb of Chicago. Um, and so every year since I was like, God willing, I am going to. And my mother was there, of course, because it was honoring myself and her that first year. Um, and I was like, I'm going to do it, God willing, every year after we weren't a nonprofit then. So at the time, whatever we raised, uh, we would donate to a breast cancer research foundation. Um, then uh, eventually about, I guess, we, we became a nonprofit a little eight years later. Um, but we continued every year to do it. Of course, my mom passed after number five. Um, and so then for me, it became about, of course, honoring, my, you know, each year that I'm a survivor, the memory of my mom. But then I wanted to honor other people that I've met so many people, you know, going through that uh, cancer, you had sarcoidosis, just different things that that I felt that they needed to see um, and be around uh, people who had went through something as you know that they were but that were a support for them so we did it every year i even moved from chicago to texas we continued on we hadn't stopped we even did it in the pandemic we just did it virtually uh in a smaller place and so now um this july we will be taking it back to chicago it is number 20. um it's wow. the the celebration of life. Uh, we have now added uh, where we offer a scholarship. We uh, award this past year. We've done, we did two, but we just, uh, we started four years ago and um, the scholarship is named after my mother. It's the Gloria D. Muhammad Excellence Through Education Scholarship. Um, we are always looking to raise funds for that because we, um, we award our one, our first recipient has actually just graduated from college uh, this she graduated. Yeah, this past Friday, um, so with her with her bachelor's degree, and then we awarded a young lady as a freshman last year. Um, we 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 required them, of course, to have a, a grade point average of a three or above, do community service as well, and um, participate in some kind of extracurricular activity. But trying to help, because <clears throat> as I said, you know. Um, I would not be where I'm at without the assistance of scholarships, financial aid and things like that. And um, we just really and we go out, um, I think last year alone through our lender helping hand, we went to three different cities. Um, we did Dallas, Chicago and New Orleans, Louisiana, and we served over uh, 400 homeless, where we provided them meals, uh, a meal, uh, a bag with necessity items, with the things that they would need on a daily basis while they're living, you know, out um, on the streets. And then, of course, whatever connection we can do to shelters or things like that. So coping productions is small, but I always say we make a mighty impact. If I think it, we do it, it no matter what, what scale it has to be on. Of course, it's usually on a smaller scale now just because our funding um, comes from, you know, a few sm smaller businesses and from what we can do. Um, but we are always uh, looking, of course, for bigger, you know, sponsorships, grants and things like that. We're always on the hunt. We do have, um, we've been blessed where our programs have 
gotten community support from um, like community local stores of Walmart. And then uh, Tito's Vodka does definitely help us with our Celebration of Life event as well. So um, we're just always on the hunt. Um, and and we're always, you know, just just trying to do do something big from a small perspective, though. And I love that you've taken the pain and you're and overcome and made a difference in other people's lives, you know, and this is what we do when we when we go through something, we do it. We just move forward and change lives. The passing of your mom, you turned it into something positive. You know, you're changing someone else's life with the scholarships mm -hmm. and it's taken time. And I'm really happy that you put it out there that it took time because it doesn't happen overnight, but mm -hmm. baby steps and a lot of little steps get you to the big steps. Yes. You know, uh, Monique, oh my goodness, over 400 people, like you changed 400 people's lives. You, It's the little impacts, you know, mm -hmm. we have to stop looking at the big impacts. It's the little things that make the big difference. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the little ice cream boxes that you started off with and look right. where you are today. Right. Like, ice cream started your journey. <laughs> like you were like, give me two boxes of ice cream, uncle. Like, let me do this, mm -hmm. you know? And then look at you today. Like you're, you have so many incredible things that you're doing and you're impacting so many people's lives. So what message would you like to give to everyone today about your story? Um, for me, it's always about if, if you can conceive it, which means your mind can think it, then you can achieve it. That's just simple. Um, but it does take, take you making the conscious effort to mentally, um, and physically put in the work. Um, but there is nothing that you believe or that you can conceive that you want to do that you, you can't do, you know, you just have to truthfully make the conscious decision to, if you're around a bunch of people who say, no, 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 you need to be in a place where people say, yes, yes, yes. If you are, you know, positive, you don't need to be surrounding yourself around negative people. If you see yourself going and ending up in a particular place, you don't need to be around people who see themselves going nowhere, you know? So it's about, and sometimes it's hard. Sometimes that means distancing from friends, family, you know, um, mates, you know, that you're in relationships with. But um, if you don't do that, then for me, that means that you really don't want to see the change. You really don't want to realize the change because you're not willing to do what you need to do to put yourself in the forefront and to achieve what it is that you want. And I think it's really deeply important. Like you said, you, you sometimes you have to, whether you love someone or not, you have to say, you know what, you're not, you're not, and you're not making me grow. You're not helping me grow. You, you're just pulling me in. You're, you're adding weeds to my life. So it's mm -hmm. time to pull the weeds out. You know, and like you said, you were doing the grass. You're cutting the grass. You know, uh, I find cutting grass really empowering. It, mm -hmm. it, you know, you're like trimming that those weeds down and the and and the overgrowth. You know, uh, sometimes we just got to trim ourselves down and say you know what? No, I'm going in this way. I'm going in this direction. And that's what was, was given to me when I looked at your bio in the last couple of days is, no, you're going to go this way. We're not going this way. We're going this way because there's more to this story than there is to this one. Uh, you know, and it all comes together and it makes a perfect cup of tea, like a really strong cup of tea. And the word that you gave me for yourself, Monique, is selfless. And I see that. I see a very selfless person in front of me today. Uh, you know, so 
when I asked you to give me a word to describe yourself, you gave me selfless. So why the word selfless for yourself? I mm-hmm. see it, but what do you what do you see when you see? Um, because I know <laughs> I have to battle with myself often. Um, and then friends and people who love me always, you know, say the same because I I will always think about how something is going to impact someone else or how it can help someone else before I think about how it will affect me uh, or if I should say no, because I just can't, you know, um, I'll think, well, how is me saying no going to stop them from getting whatever it is that they need? And can I do, I really have to say no, can I figure it out? And so that being the case, I know like literally that that is the word for me is selfless. And, and the reason why I asked why you, how you see it, because I see it looking mm-hmm. at you, oh, but sometimes you. we have to look within ourselves and within our cups and say, you know what? No, I am selfless. I do not depend on others. I do this myself. Mm-hmm. I think it and I do it. Mm-hmm. I might not do it when I say I'm going to do it, but I eventually gets done because sometimes we need that bend in the road. You know, we got mm-hmm. it all lined down. We're like, it's going to happen this way, this way, this way. And then we're like, this way, this way, boop. Oh no, we're going there. And then boop back this way. You know, it's like to connect the dots. You know, mm-hmm. you got to have the sugar. You got to have the milk. You got to stir that cup and you got to really serve a good, strong cup of tea, you know, yes. and you serve a really strong tea, Monique. Like I am really honored to have you here. I am honored that I met you, that you came Thank into you. my path. I appreciate it. You, you give a story of authenticity, a story of you can do it. If you mm-hmm. can think it, you can do it. And we need those stories out there. We need that awareness, you know, stop sugarcoating everything. Life is hard, <laughs> but we are harder. We can yes. take those hard <laughs> steps. If we believe in ourselves, you just got to really believe in yourselves. And I learned a lot about ice cream this morning. Like ice cream created you, Monique. Like, <laughs> yes, there you go. And I love you know, ice cream for that. So, <laughs> I want to I know if you were an ice cream, how would you describe yourself and what flavor of ice cream would you be? I would be Neapolitan. Oh, and why? Um, Because it's three different flavors and I do different things. I am, you know, artsy, I'm analytical, and then I'm creative. Um, and then so the different flavors have different tastes. And so and they're suitable to you at any time. And I love that you picked no, no, Napoleon because it's three. And tea is three. Mm-hmm. Everything comes in three. You yeah. know, you have to start here, then you go here, then you go here, and you go back up to the triangle. The triangle of life, you know, mm-hmm. the trees in life, the past, the present, and the future. So where do you see your future going, Monique? Uh, I'm, I know that uh, I'm going to positively continue to impact the world. Um, I'm going to set new goals for myself every day and um and i'm going to work every day to achieve them and to be an inspiration to anybody um, that i meet on a daily basis i am going to always uh know that i can appeal to a person no matter what level and whatever part of life that they're in um and i'm going to continue to just be empathetic and work hard to leave a positive impact on the world well, thank you so much. And it was an honor having you this morning you. here on Tea Time. But there's also a lot of other things that you do besides coping. So we have a couple minutes left for at the last five minutes here. I want to get into really quickly your uh, may, um, uh, cream line. Cosme- uh, you have like uh, aging cream. 
and you also have what what do i have here eyebrow uh yeah, uh, Lay Beauty, um, which is my daughter's name is Malaya. Lay Beauty is what I'm a, a, an actual, like I said, a partner with her in. Um, and she kind of thought of it because she had skin issues, uh, eczema. I was losing hair. I, I still live with uh, Graves' disease now, so I have thinning hair. So she wanted to create, um, you know, something that would, of course, benefit what she was trying to do, as well as um, help with hair growth. Um, eyebrow, um, you know, loss and things like that. So that's what uh, Late Beauty is. We're just kind of now I'm sure she's going to be able to push more into it um, now that she's finished with school. But, um, you know, so that's a product line. We've added, you know, things that she's into, like the eyelashes, like this is a Monique lash that, that I have on now. Um, she has the edges, you know, because we all into smooth edges. So it's edge control. And I have that on now as well. Um, so that's our uh, the beauty product line. Um, I do have an app, which you'll see that picture that says Ask Mo, Mo Knows. Um, it is a solutions app where in all of these areas of expertise that I have, I am allowing FAQs and questions to simple questions that aren't simple to everyone else, but may be simple to me right at your fingertips. It's available on uh, um, Apple iOS and the Google Play Store. Um, the One Nine Group is the professional and financial services uh, company, which we provide professional and financial services, accounting, bookkeeping, um, document preparation, uh, business, uh, startup assistance, things like that. Uh, 66 Life Essentials is a uh, health brand. Um, naturally, of course, uh, using cannabidiol, which is CBD, that started because of my battle with Graves' disease and then the effects of chemo. I have inflammation and different things that I was dealing with that they only wanted to prescribe medicine uh, for. I wanted to find a natural way. Once I did find that, I said, hey, why not share that and start a business and do and give to others? And then lastly, of course, Monique J, CEO, is the brand and is myself as the coach. CEO stands for Choose Exceptional Options, not, um, you know, Chief Executive Officer. Uh, and for that, it's just about speaking, um, teaching, educating, uh, inspiring. And that is what I do through Monique J, CEO, LLC. And this is why you came to my table. I see mm -hmm. it now because you just said it, teaching education awareness. Like mm -hmm. you even knew the tea before you even came for the tea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it, it's been a truly amazing morning. Share this tea time. Get it out there. So Monique, if anybody wanted to reach out to you, what's the best way to reach out to you? Um, de definitely through my social media everywhere is at Monique J CEO. That is going to be on Instagram, Twitter, uh, even on Facebook, uh, as well. TikTok, all Monique J CEO, uh, the easiest way to find them. Then it'll have all of the links for anything else that's going on. Cause I did write a book as well called passion, purpose, pa passion, power, purpose, and prayer. Um, and it's in that line. It's very short read, but it is a good daily read. Awesome. Monique is the go-getter. Like, I mean, like go and check her out. She does incredible things. If you, if she, one, one thing doesn't resonate with you, she's got something else. Like she's the girl, just go, go see Monique, you know, and share this tea time, get it out there because we need the awareness early detect detection for breast cancer. Let's get that out there as well. You know, if a doctor say no, not before 40, push it. If your body yes. feels off, push it. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, I had my first one at 26 uh, to get it pushed. You know, 
a lot of doctors are no, 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 not to 40. You know what? My body doesn't feel right. Let's just do it. And thank you for getting that early detection. And I'm so happy that you're in remission and, you know, stay strong, Monique, and keep sharing your story because your story is going to impact a lot of people's lives. Um, and if you'd like to be on Tea Time, you can check out Miss Liz at www.misslizistetime.com. We will be back this afternoon for a second tea and then this evening for a third tea. And this afternoon tea is life coaching again. So we we got a, we got a, a certain kind of tea flowing today. And never ending it with a jerkster. And the jerkster is a punching bag. So the punching bag of life, you know, let's just punch all of that out. Uh, you know, there's a lot of life lessons today on Tea Time with Miss Liz. So be sure to check it out. Give the YouTube channel a quick subscribe and ring that bell so you're notified for all the tea times. And again, Monique, thank you so much for coming and serving your tea thank today. You for having me. And I will see everybody at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the second tea time and then 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the third tea time of this week's Thursday show. So again, thank you again for tuning in. Thank you for all the viewers and the questions and supporters. I really am truly honored. And again, we all make a difference when we serve our TEA of life, not the TEA of the beverage, but the tea of life. So again, I'll see everyone at 3 p.m. Eastern Bye. Standard Time.